Welcome to number two, the second podcast uh, with 11 days. And today we have uh, a good friend of mine, special guest from Rochester, Michigan, Alberto. Alberto, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, Joel. What's going on, guys? I don't know. Just kind of contemplating a few things in the in the Lord. All right. Give you a surprise call that we can maybe give some of your input on this. Um, Alberto has uh, his own podcast, which I'll put the link down below to some of his teaching. Um, Alberto, if you just want to maybe share a little bit about that real quick about what you're doing. I'm sorry, you broke up. What'd you say? Your your podcast. And I, I was just telling the listeners that I was going to put a link into your podcast. Oh, okay. Um, and if you just wanted to share real quick um, a little bit about what you're doing over there in Rochester. Yeah, so uh, the podcast is called Newness of Life Ministries, and it's all about exploring uh, the newness of life that Jesus paid to give us on the cross and his with his resurrection and everything about uh, being dead to the old man and being alive in Christ fully in the new man and, and exploring how a new man thinks, how a new man uh, lives life and, and not engaging in the old man things because those are all dead and they were cut off uh, when you died. And then when Jesus died, you also died with him and you were co-crucified. And that's pretty much uh, the basis of it. We go everywhere from the Old Testament all the way from the New Testament and we explore uh, old man thinking versus new man thinking and uh, living in that newness of life. You know, Romans six eleven says, consider yourself to be dead to sin and the old man and being alive in Christ with the new man. So that's, that's the basis of uh, the talks over there. Right. And one of the things that I wanted to talk about today with you were, um, I guess, maybe views of spiritual warfare. Okay. Um, and how, you know, we know the scriptures, you know, we, you know, we, we tear down, you know, or we, you know, we break apart, we demolish every high thing that exalts itself. And, you know, in any, you know, that's second Corinthians 10. And then we got Ephesians six. Everyone knows that, you know, when you've done all you can do stand. Yeah. And I want to look at the two different avenues, which, um, which are both effective. Um, we're not saying one is better than the other. We're just maybe giving us different opinion, but I mean, maybe w- different ways to, to fight in the spirit according to, you know, literally our new man, which is Christ, like a f- fighting from that thing. I was thinking this morning, maybe like to, to set a basis for this conversation about um, in Acts, you know, I believe it's in Acts 17, um, maybe around verse 29, 30, it says that in him I move and live and exist, or in him I, I, I move and have my being. It depends on your translations. And, and I also go to the scriptures, you know, for spiritual warfare, where it says uh, in 1 John 5, 18 in there somewhere it says that he that's born of God does not sin and God keeps him or the one who is born keeps him which is Christ and then it goes on it says and the devil cannot touch us and I think that when we get our minds wrapped around that I'm really in him you know the the the, yes I'm a temple but yet I'm tabernacled in Christ I'm hidden in him and when I can renew my mind to this understanding that I'm in him you know, and in him, only the purity and righteousness of the father can exist. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, maybe fighting from this perspective, because, you know, I have been in that realm where, you know, I've spent countless hours in prayer, you know, 
fighting in the spiritual realm, you know, quoting the scriptures back and that's all good. You know, his word doesn't return void. And I had seen very little effect. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, and there is times where I did, you know, um, I guess I was victorious in the Lord in some of them, but it just seemed to me this morning, I was thinking, I was like, you know, wait a minute. Christ has been gone for 2000 years almost. And why are we still fighting these same demons? Because really, if if we believe what we believe, how in the world are they still existing? Yeah. You know, because they definitely are because they are causing mayhem in, the, in America right now. Right. So I guess maybe a perspective because you have something that I that I appreciate about Alberto is he has a, I believe, a divine understanding of our new creature in Christ that, you know, um, the divine power and authority that we have when we become born again, when we, you know, are this new creature, you know. Yeah. So I guess I'm just going to let you go with kind of like, you know, whatever the you feel like the Lord is is putting on you, your heart to share. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I really like what you said. There's there's no um, – b- both avenues work. Rather, you know, you're calling down stuff and you're standing or you're living at rest in the, in the new man and letting the Lord fight your battles. Both of them work. And the reason why they both work is because those are – there's spiritual laws that have been put in place that if I sow, I will reap. Now, there's also a spiritual law that says that if I ask God anything according to his will, I will receive it. So my sowing then isn't in the natural. It's actually I'm sowing on his word. I'm sowing into his character and I'm and I'm sowing into him and I will receive it because I believe it. Now, if God says, you know, uh, hey, you know, there's a business that I have for you, you know, and you're going to make, you know, $100,000 this year. Now, there's two ways I could go about that. I could go and sow into the word of God that says, hey, he says I'm going to have a business. So what do I need to do in the natural in order to receive that? And that's going in and sowing and reaping. Now, if I don't do those things and I just believe that God will do it because he's good and he's my father and he said it and I don't leave my job that I'm currently at for this business, God can also bring about that business in any way he can, or he wants to, because it's his will. So if you take that concept that both ways work and you apply it to the word, we have to see, Paul often said, Hey, you guys are doing these things and you guys are doing them well, but yet I show you a better way. Now I always want the better way, right? So it's not, that this is the way that you shouldn't do it. It's where you are. But if there's a better way, then I want the better way, right? So, yeah. So when it comes to, I, yeah. Can I can I stop you real quick? Sure. I think that's something that is like really awesome about the goodness of God is he works. Well, the Bible, the scriptures even say that, you know, that he works in all things for those who love him. And, and wherever we are, you know, um, you know, we can use the the analogy of Jesus, you know, with the seeds, you know, whether we're 30, 60, 100 fold Christians, you know, yeah. whatever. And um, but we can use that analogy. But it's like wherever we're at in our understanding of the principles of the kingdom, it's just so awesome how God works in that, you know. Yeah. 
And I love what you said about, I want what's best, you right. know, and, and something that, you know, we know that the devil came and tempted Eve with what was good in the garden, you know? Uh-huh. And, and I, and I think a lot of us, we see what's good and it may be just our own vision of the kingdom when we're not really looking into it with our spiritual eyes. We're kind of looking at it with our own natural eyes of it being good. And, and therefore we call it, we call it God. And, and, in his grace and his love for us, he still works in that, you know, you kind of see what I'm saying. Yeah. And, and even when it comes to spiritual warfare and, um, you had said something to me one time before about when the devil came to Jesus, Yeah. you know, and how Jesus fought, you know, the enemy and he, he didn't, you know, sit there and declare and decree, you know, let this voice go away from me. And shit, I don't know if you can remember, yeah. remember that. So, so in, in Matthew three seventeen, you, you know, you have you have the perfect baptism, right? You you have Jesus; he's getting baptized, and you know, uh, the voice opens up from heaven. The dove comes down, and you know, the spirit comes down in the form of a dove, and everybody's witnessing this perfect baptism. And Jesus hasn't done anything yet, and there's just a voice that says, "This is my beloved Son, in whom I'm well pleased." So Jesus has this word that he's the beloved son in whom the father is well pleased. And he hasn't done anything. He's just gone into the water and come back up. Right now, in the very next verse, it says that Jesus was led into the wilderness by the spirit, which is interesting. Why, why the spirit leads us into the wilderness. And then the devil comes and tempts him and everything. And the first thing is that the devil says, if you're the son of God, command this bread to be stoned. But Jesus previously has a word that he's the beloved son. And whom God is well pleased in. He doesn't have to prove himself. He doesn't have to prove himself to anybody. Why? Because the father says that he's the beloved son in whom he's well pleased. Right. And he, the devil says, if really you're the son, if you're the son of God. That's really good. But the, Jesus knows, no, I'm the beloved son. And beloved is a word that we use as the object of our affection. So Jesus is the object of God's affection that he already knows in his heart. Like, hey, I haven't done anything. And I'm the beloved son. So why would I have to do something in order to in order to prove that I am the son if I haven't done anything yet? So that was the first one. That the devil leaves out, hey, you're not the beloved. You're just the son of God, if you're the son of God. And the second one is, hey, you know, if I have all these things, if you bow down and worship me. But previously, Jesus goes back to his his, you know, his studies and goes, wait a minute. No, 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 no. I'm just going to serve the Lord and worship him because because he's God. I don't need all these things. So what is Jesus doing here is that he has the word of God and the word of God is his name, is his character, is his fruit, is his nature. So Jesus isn't fighting spiritual warfare based on the, the knowledge of good and evil. Oh, my gosh. You know what? All of these voices are coming to me. I have to tear down the devil. I have to tear down these strongholds. There's there's something in me that isn't you know, completely healed. And I need to go back into my life and figure that out. No, he didn't do any of that. He was like, wait a minute. I know the word of God and the word of God says this. Therefore it is what it is. And that's what it is. There is no questions asked. It's just, God says, I'm the beloved son. God says to worship him and serve and serve him. That's what I'm going to do. So he was completely at rest in knowing who his father is based on his word. And, And that's his, that's his fight is I'm at a place of rest. I believe fully that I don't need to do anything in order for the devil to flee from me. I'm just going. And, and when we call stand, 
you can stand on the word if you'd like, if you want to use it that term. Uh, but you were going to say something, Joel? Well, I just kind of wanted to back you up. You had said something that really caught my, my attention and, and possibly those of the listeners as well. You said that Jesus didn't fight according to his knowledge of good and evil. Yeah. And I know that both of us have spoken this before that, that we're, we're, we tend to try to get back into the garden by eating from the same tree that God has kicked out. Right. And, and Jesus, can you expound on what you had said about how Jesus didn't fight according to his knowledge of, of good and evil? I mean, I, if I'm hearing you right, Jesus was fighting from the place of who he was and his identity. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that's okay. the first thing that, that the father gave him. That's one of the first things that the father gave him right before he went into the wilderness. So if you go into the world that's not knowing your identity, you're going to get devoured by the devil. You're going to do everything you can in order to prove that you're the son of God. But Jesus didn't have to prove he was the son of God because that's irrelevant in this context because he's the beloved son. So he went into the wilderness with an identity that I'm the beloved son and I haven't done anything. Now, if we don't believe God is good and he's going to give us something based on his his character and his nature and who he says we are, we'll reach out with our own hand to try to get it. So if God says, you know, uh, hey, I have a car for you and, you know, it's this brand new car, whatever it is, I'm making it up. It's this brand new car. Right. And and I'm just going to use car for an example, because there's a lot of that going on in the church and it's been going on. God has a brand new car for you. So if it's a brand new car. And we've been waiting six months and there's no new car. We're going to start to think that there's something wrong with my identity. There's something wrong with me. There's demons that are creeping up on me. I'm not doing good enough because if I was doing good enough, I would have received it because God said it. So we forget the whole patience thing. We forget the whole fruit of the spirit thing. We forget it about actually brings condemnation. It brings right. condemnation. It, bring, it brings, it brings, yeah. there's something wrong with me, which is, which is shame. And then we also say, well, wait, God said this. He must not be good. So you know what? If God said it, I'm going to go out. I'm going to apply for a car. I'm going to go try to get money. I'm going to reach out with my own hand to try to get the promises of God. And that's called disobedience (laughs) because because obedience would say, all right, well, God has this for me. Rather, if it's in 10 years or in one year, I have a car. I don't need the new car. And the flesh gets in the way. So our warfare Uh, most of the time isn't actually with the devil. Our warfare is actually with God. We're actually fighting God because when Jesus was in the garden, his warfare wasn't fighting the devil. Now, remember, Jesus had already overcome the devil because he was in he was in the wilderness with him. Fighting the devil is easy. (laughs) If you if you know the scriptures, fighting the devil is the easiest thing you could ever do. Why? Because, you know, the scriptures, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to resist the devil. Great. But now when you switched over into the new man, your warfare doesn't revolve around fighting what the devil's doing. Your warfare is actually trusting what God is doing and what he's saying in your life. Now that's your true warfare is that when God says something to you, are you going to believe it? And so there, I believe, so, I believe that's the, the tearing down of every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Right. You know, like, Absolutely. Says, like, like Paul said, I think that's, you know, cause we, we tear that down in our mind. You right. Know, we, we, and because it's it's elevating itself above our knowledge of God, because we know God is good. We know that that we're loved. But so anything that contradicts that, well, when that thought comes into our mind, because our mind is being renewed, that there is an opportunity for us to take the word of God 
and so his word doesn't return void return it back to the father because in reality we're we're basically reminding ourselves mm -hmm. of who we are you know yeah. that we that we are like you said that belo beloved son right and I, i'm thinking of the scripture you know you had quoted you know the the part b of it you know about resisting you know the devil it, you know it, we all of us know the scripture submit to god yep. resist the devil and he will flee and I word that I, I love that word flee there. If you look that up, it actually means to run in terror. Yeah. But, but there's, you know, God has a divine order and it's submit to God. And, and I believe that word submit there is saying, listen, agree, agree with me here. Right. First thing, first thing that we have to do is we have to agree with, with what we know of him. Well, yeah. I have to agree that in him, I move and have my being. I have yeah. to agree that I'm hidden in Christ. You know, I have to uh, agree that 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 everything he has is is good for me, and so that I prosper in him. Yeah, I have absolutely. to believe. I have to believe first that he's good, so I have to submit or agree to God, and then I resist the devil. And I guess maybe because there's two ways to resist here. We can resist in the flesh, which means I'm going to turn the other way. You know, I'm going sure. to turn from that. You know, and I'm going to get up and I'm going to do and. Because I know in my own life, sometimes as I resist, I, res I resist temptation that way. But it seems to me that that temptation always returns. Sure. Because I'm resisting it in my flesh because I haven't come into the knowledge of what God has for me in that area. You know, right. because right. The, the greatest warfare, I believe, is, is like in the scripture that I had said earlier in First John, that, that he that's born again. You know, he doesn't sin because my new man never does sin ever. And, right. and that's really my identity. That that new man is really that beloved son of God. That's really yeah. who, that's really who I am. I'm, I'm recreated into this, you know, amazing beloved son of, of the father. Yeah. And, I, and so I'm agreeing with God. That that's who I am. And so this person doesn't sin and the devil can't touch me. Right. You know. And so I, right. I, be, I begin to look with my spiritual eyes and not with my fleshly eyes of, oh, whoops, yep. I missed the mark here. Whoops, I missed the mark here. Because I firmly believe that as Christians, we have the authority. And Jesus even says it in Mark 11, you know, like 22 or 23, he basically says anything that you believe that you're going to receive that, you know? Yeah. So if I believe I'm going to receive punishment, I believe that I'm going to get it. You right. Know? Or Absolutely. If, I, if I believe that actually Jesus paid all punishment you know on my behalf you know he took all of it on the cross well all yep. doesn't leave anything for me and right. so if he took it all then really what can the enemy come and get me with you know yeah i i think that it's just a place of of learning to live from the understanding of i'm a beloved son you know yep and, and then i don't spend my time you know warring and declaring and declaring and decreeing i actually spend my time resting in the father because that's where i am i'm hidden and if I'm hidden, well, the devil can't find me. That's true. And therefore, yep. he and therefore he can't touch me. Right. You know. And the more and, I keep my mindset there, I, the Lord told me this one time when I was prayer walking with a team of prayer walkers. I thought it was awesome. And and one of the things that He had us begin to pray was was if we to we were to remove something that that we were also to pray that it was filled with something else. You know. So right. so. I can think of this one place where the Lord had really that there was a spirit of poverty there. And so the Lord had us, you know, bind the spirit of poverty, but then release the spirit of giving. 
and and that that really kind of like hit me hard because I'm like, wow, if if this place is so filled with giving, there's no lack, you know, because yeah. of the spiritual laws. And it's like, I believe that the greatest part of war- warfare is to fill myself with His Word, fill myself with with who He is, and because of who He is, I'm His beloved. I'm literally leaving no room for the enemy, you know. Right. Yeah. You know, I'm constantly in that place of acceptance. I'm constantly in that place of submitting to him. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, maybe a different perspective on warfare, you know. Um, I don't know. It's just something that I was thinking about yeah. today and I wanted to contact you. And, and I'm not cutting this off right now by no means. Um, but, yeah, I just like fighting from our new man, fighting from the position that we have. Yeah. You know, there was a time where I was in the car and there was something going on in my life and I am, I'm shouting in the car. I'm saying, I tear this down. I tear that down. And, and, and as I'm doing this, I'm, I'm having this vision as I'm in heaven and the thrones behind me and I'm standing up and I'm pointing and I'm saying, I command this to go and I do this and I do that. And Jesus is just sitting down, like kind of like, you know, you know, touching his face a little bit, kind of looking at me. And then all of a sudden I hear, I hear son, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm, I'm in spiritual warfare. Like, can't you see what I'm doing? I'm calling down all this stuff. And he just goes, that, that just sounds so religious to me. <laughs> and I know I'm going to, I'm going to upset some people. I'm going to upset some people. He goes, that just sounds so religious to me. And I go, well, why is that? He goes, because every time that I say something, I'm sitting on the throne. And I looked and I wasn't sitting. I was standing, pointing, trying to get stuff done. And uh, the angels in heaven were just getting so confused because I wanted to tear this down. <laughs> I wanted to bind that. I wanted to, to lift this up. I wanted to pray this out. And the angels didn't know what direction to go. And they were kind of bumping into each other and just kind of, you know, creating this mess of like, I'm, I'm doing all this stuff, but yet they don't know where, where they're going. And uh, so I, I sat down, you know, in this vision and, and, and I'm driving and, and finally pull into my driveway and I'm just sitting there kind of dumbfounded. And as, as soon as in the vision, I sit down, I have this peace that comes over me and I just go, wait a minute, I have peace because I'm at rest. And all of a sudden the angels started to also be at rest because you have to understand is that our warfare isn't what we can do. Our warfare comes from a place of God's character and his nature. So if I'm making a call on his character, so if all these crazy things are going on around me, instead of getting up and shouting and being all rah, 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 why not take a place of rest, be at peace, and then say, all right, Lord, what would you have me do? Give me wisdom because a double-minded man will not receive anything. So I, I don't know what a double-minded woman would be, but you know, if, if, if you're double-minded, you're not going to receive anything from God. And double-minded in that context of warfare, and I'm not calling anybody out if you guys do this, bless your heart. It's that if I'm calling this down, tearing this down, and then I'm praying this up, there's so many things that I want that God's going to be like, I don't know where to start with you. <laughs> so, But if I'm at rest and I believe that God is, is going to come through and I have a word from God, it's just like what Paul told Timothy, right? Hey, fight the fight with the prophecies previously spoken over you fight the good fight. So my fighting isn't fighting for what I want to happen. My fighting is coming from a place of rest and peace 
knowing that God already said it would happen. So God says, hey, this person's going to get out of the hospital, right? I don't care if it's in three days or in six months, he's getting out of the hospital. So whatever happens during that time, what I'm actually learning is the lordship, the majesty, the presence of God, because God cares more about character building than he does anything else in the kingdom. The kingdom is about, are you becoming like God? Are you growing fruit? And are you abiding in his nature? Because without that, you can't produce anything, rather if it's this or that. And I understand that through the dispensation of time, we have warfare culture, prophetic culture, uh, word of knowledge culture. We, you know, we have the healing movements. And, and all of these have brought doctrines into the church. And, and it doesn't mean that they're doctrines of devils. It just means that they have brought doctrine in. Right. Some good, some, you know, this and that. And we have taken the cultures of the church and we have placed that on ourselves as what it means to be Jesus. But the problem with that is that if you're, I, if you take the healing culture and you apply that to your life and say, well, this church says that I got to go out and heal the sick, but currently you're at home watching TV. Well, now you're in condemnation because you're not being like Jesus. Now, if you go to the prophetic culture and say, I got to go out and prophesy over buddy and be a bless you prophet, but I'm currently, you know, uh, working my job because I have to. I just lost if you're it there, in, you know, the. Um, the, the word of knowledge culture and you're not getting any words of knowledge for anybody all of a sudden now you know what I don't I'm not being like Jesus but in reality if these cultures are our standard for what it means to be Christ we have missed the point we have missed the, the mark completely because prophetic culture isn't our standard healing culture is not our standard warfare culture is not our standard Jesus is our righteousness. Jesus is our standard and his walk is what matters. So what did Jesus do in these times? And, and we have to look at that. Well, Jesus was talking about integrity. He was talking about love. He was talking about peace. He was talking about joy. If you hear my voice, your joy is full. So warfare in the, in the slightest sense for me is becoming like God. That's my warfare. And, and, you know, that's, that's my, my struggle is I want to be like God the most that I can, but yet God is hindering me because it's so hard to be like him. Therefore, I get this realization that, wait a minute, I can't be like God at every second moment of my day. And I can't prophesy like this church. I can't heal like that church. I can't call down demons like that church. And I come to this realization that it's the blood of Jesus that makes me righteous. And all of a sudden now I have peace. Now I have you know, I have rest because I've ceased from my works to enter into the promises and I've entered into the promise who is Jesus. And now I can see everything clear because of uh, because of the cross. And because, wait a minute, right. Jesus has made me righteous. I don't have to prophesy. I don't have to you know, heal the sick. Now, all those things are great. But if I believe God, all of those things are going to follow me. I'm not following those because right. I'm a believer. And a believer walks his life. He goes to work. He goes to, you know, community. You know, he, 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 he drives down the road. He says hello to his wife or significant other, his children. And signs and wonders are wrapped around that. Because if, if, if you're searching for signs and wonders, Jesus says that this is an evil and perverse generation. Not meaning that these are evil, terrible people, but it's evil and perverse because you're not putting God first. You're not seeking first the kingdom and its righteousness. So, you know, I, I love the conversation today because you had mentioned that 
you know, first uh, John five eighteen that, you know, he who was born of God does not sin and the devil does not touch him. But for, but first John four also says that as he is, so are we in this world, in this life. And you have to look at, okay, well, who is Jesus? Well, he's not the Jesus that was walking around in the flesh, because when you look at Jesus walking around in the flesh, he never sinned. He never lied. He, ne he was perfect. So you're looking at the law walking in flesh perfectly. You're looking at the law when you look at Jesus, when you look at him in the gospels, because he was perfect. He was absolutely perfect. He followed the law. He did everything. So you can't be Jesus of the gospels because you have to be Jesus that is in the resurrection, because that's where you find the true power. That's, that's, a new, and that's the that's new a creation new, new creature. Um, um, I want to try and keep these podcasts around 30 minutes and we're starting sure. to encroach on that now. Um, a couple of things I jotted down a couple of notes um, when you were speaking, just super awesome stuff. And one of the thoughts that had come to me was the scripture in Psalms where it says, you know, the angels yeah. do the bidding of the word of the Lord. And, and for the listeners, um, no way, no how are we saying to not pray, to not war for others, because that's the love. That's what we, we do. Um, I think that Alberto and I, um, I think Alberto would agree with me here that we're referring to our own development of the character being conformed into the image yeah. of Christ for ourselves, um, And to not de declare and decree, you know, well, I declare and decree today that I'm free from X amount, you know, whatever the sin is. But instead of going to that route for my own growth, I'm yeah. actually, it's better to, to, we want to find that better way. It's better to actually, for me to rest in who yeah. I am, like Jesus did, but, but how it's important that we still Absolutely. continue to pray. We still continue to fight on the behalf yep. of other and Joel, people, real quick. you know, and cause Paul says, it. Paul, Paul says, right. Paul says, pray for me, you know? And so there's power in this prayer. If right. otherwise Paul wouldn't have asked and and I'll let you finish up here. And a couple of things I want to say yet, because this is something that another thing, scripture that I had, I had heard when you were speaking is the, is a proverb that um, a quit, a, a get rich quick scheme yeah. always fails. And, and a lot of times I believe, and it is the goodness of God that he sometimes wants us to go through trials because in these trials, we come out, and if we endure through them, we come out the perfect man, Absolutely. the matured yep. man, which is Christ, you know. And and so so when we're praying for this, you know, immediate deliverance in ourself, there could be a possibility that God is actually wanting to walk through that with us. Or actually, we walk through it with him because yeah. there is a difference there. And and so that so that we can actually begin to see the power of God, something that that the revelation that the Lord had given me amongst doing warfare a few years ago was I had I just something that bl always blew me away was the heart of David. You know, David, we know the scriptures say that David had a heart after God's own heart. And I had come into that revelation that, that David had such a heart for God because he watched, he walked with God, God walked with him and he watched God deliver him in yeah. every circumstance whether it was sin, whether it was going against Saul, whether it was going against, it didn't matter what nation that David went against. He did it God's way, and he always, always was victorious in him. 
And so David had such a heart for God because he watched God fight yeah. his battles for him, you know? And I, I think that, you know, because God is, I think the greatest heart to lead people yeah. with is with the heart of God, like David had. So David was entrusted by the father to lead, to, yeah. to lead his people, you know? And I, I believe that it's no different today. And I just want to really emphasize that we're definitely not saying to continue sure. to war on the behalf yeah. of other people, you know, but maybe when it comes into our own walk, that there's a possibility that, that God isn't expecting us to win a spiritual yeah. lot, a lottery here, that he's actually expecting us to learn how to walk like Christ so that we can, you know, continue. If I'm always concerned with myself and always praying for myself, well, I'm actually never praying for other people. You know, because I'm always so concerned with my own self and I'm not loving my neighbor. But when I realize that, wow, how much I'm loved and how much I'm delivered. And when I come into this revelation, now I can actually love my neighbor better, yep. whether it's praying for them or whether it's a de declaring and decreeing warfare over their life. Yeah. You know, and, and then they, they can begin to walk in in it as well. So I just really wanted to emphasize that we're not negating yeah. warfare. We're just we're just maybe coming up with something that we're looking into about there's yeah. got to be a better way. You know, like I said in the beginning of this podcast that after 2000 years, we're still fighting the same the same devil, yeah. you know, and it, to me, that just doesn't. It's like, OK, well, maybe we should think about doing something differently because this right. way doesn't seem to be working. So I'm, I, I'm um, just going to close, close with two things. I'm just going to close with two things Thank you. and Thank I'm going to keep much. it really short. So the, the first one is when we're talking about warfare and we're definitely not negating warfare, um, I want to give you a perspective on two people from the Bible that had warfare. Now, the first one is Joseph. Now, Joseph has this dream that his brothers are going to bow down to him and, you know, he's going to pretty much be the big shot. But out of his immaturity and his zeal for the Lord, what happened is, is that he goes and opens his mouth about this dream that he has. And his brothers got so mad that they actually, you know, tried to kill him and throw him in this ditch. Now, as Joseph was in this ditch and he, you know, he goes to prison and, you know, his life has all these trials in it. There's one thing that Joseph has that he's developed through this whole time. And is that, wait, I had a dream that that this would happen. And so he's in the prison. He's, you know, he's, he's going, you know, he gets accused of, of, uh, you know, sleeping with, uh, you know, the wife and things like that. So, so he gets this, you know, this identity of, wait a minute, I am this person, but through these trials, God forms him into actually being a person who can steward that dream. And, and he goes on to be second in command. Now, this is what, uh, Psalm says concerning Joseph's life. It says until, uh, the word of the Lord came, or until the word of the Lord came to pass, the word tested him. And that's where I'm talking about our warfares against God is that his, the word tested him. The prophecy, the dream tested him. Now, the second character is David. So David's, you know, he's tending the sheep and, you know, uh, Samuel comes over and he's going to anoint the next king of Israel. And all of a sudden, you know, he looks at all Jesse's boys and he says, yeah, you're strong. You look like a king. But then he goes to David and he says, behold, the next king of Israel. Well, we're like, well, what the heck? So David gets anointed, you know, oil rushing down his face. And now he's anointed to be the next king of Israel, which is the prophetic word from God. But then you see all the stuff that he goes through with Saul chasing him down, you know, uh, you know, getting into all of these, you know, fights with wars and stuff like that. And now here's what happens is that he finds Saul relieving himself and he cuts off a piece of his garment. 
and he spares his life because the thing is, is that David doesn't have to take the kingdom by force because he has a prophetic word that he's already going to be king. And this is what Saul says. He says, you are a better man than I. So, so David's not fighting against the devil, against you know, what's happening in his life, he's fighting to believe the word of God. He's fighting to say, hey, I'm going to be the next king of Israel. But during those trials and those times, what happens is that God forges him to, to spare Saul's life, to say, I don't need to take the kingdom. I already know I'm going to be king. So it doesn't matter what happens. And now remember with David and, and Goliath is that, hey, who's going to challenge me? All of Israel challenged me and nobody's going up there. So David says, wait a minute. I have a prophetic word, so it doesn't matter if I fight this guy or a guy who's 20 feet tall. I'm not going to die today. <laughs> so, so he goes up there, and his response is, I'm not going to die today. I have a prophetic word that I'm going to be king. And he you know, gives Goliath a haircut <laughs> starting at the neck. So, you know, so he, he develops this, he develops right. this, uh, this I'm going to be king based on the prophets that, you know, the prophet that says, I will be king from God. I don't need to do anything. I just need to become the person that God sees me while that time comes to pass. So I just want to close with that to give you a perspective on warfare, not yeah. saying to negate it and not to pray for yeah. people, not at all, because David prayed, uh, you know, Joseph prayed during all these times. But it was the yeah. character and nature building that they needed to become king, to become second in command. So I, I love that. What you, you know, basically what you were pointing towards was, possibly some of the best warfare that we can have as we fight from a yes. place of prophecy, you know, and we, you know, and I'm not speaking about, you know, possibly, you know, like what people have said, but really like what we put our faith in what yeah. Jesus said. And, and when you had said that about David, you know, I mean, David, David fought with prophecy that he, and he wasn't King yet, you know? And so, yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. Hey, Alberto. Pleasure. Uh, I love that insight. I love that insight about fighting from the promises of God. And, and that's, that really is fighting from a place of rest. But there, there's one thing that I want to add, because I believe that someone could come, you know, you know, could, could say this, well, we still have to do and you're, and they're absolutely right. We still have to do, but, but first we have yeah. to become, you know, and when we become, you know, then we, then we're yeah. doing from that place yeah. of love. And because, you know, Moses, he, he looked up at the Lord in Exodus 14 and he's like, okay, Lord, now what? And, you know, and I think it's like verse 14 or 15, you know, the Lord basically says to him, Moses, you know, stop praying. You right. know what to do. Yes. Raise your staff, you know? And, and so there, there is the doing, you know, you know, not to be to hears only, but Absolutely. to be doers of the word. And, and that's where it comes in. But, but, but we're doing it upon his declaration we're doing it upon his yeah. decreeing, you know, that's, the, that's the difference of, because we're hearing the voice of God and, and we're submit first to that and the devil, you know, we resist him and then he, he will run in terror. So yeah. Alberto, thank you very much. I, I appreciate it. And um, we'll Pleasure. definitely be talking again soon. And uh, thank you for hey, being a guest. Thank you. Blessings. Bye. All right. We'll talk to you later.